You're listening to Code Chefs, the podcast for hungry developers. Buckle down and ready up. We're serving JavaScript, web design, soft skills, backend development, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Vincent Tang and Herman Gamboa. Order up. Welcome to Code Chefs, the podcast for hungry web developers. I'm your host, Vincent, and today with me is German. Hello. So for today's topic, we're we'll talking about leveling up with hackathons. First and foremost, what a hackathon is, kind of our own experiences participating in hackathons, different places you can find where hackathons are actually occurring, whether it's whether locally or whether it's it's going to be remote, different things you should be aware of when you go to your first hackathon and what to get out of it. So when I first started learning web development, I didn't have much exposure working with different teams. So I was kind of learning on my own. And I've only, I think this, this kind of marks like my first year as a developer, actually last month. And so one of the ways that I started off getting familiar with coding and different ways of working together with different people, Git, and all these different frameworks like React, et cetera, is I actually participated in a lot of hackathons uh, starting out. And actually, that's how I met German as well, which is my co-host. And we're going to be talking about kind of some of our experiences that that we've that we had in hackathons. Me and German have both participated in two together, and we've participated in many other hackathons elsewhere as well. So let's start off with that German, right? We'll start off with kind of our first experiences with hackathons, as well as just things we we've gotten from it. So yeah, definitely. Do you, you want to start off with Tad Hacks? Oh yes, that was actually the first one we did. So I guess just to backtrack a little bit for people that are not familiar is like what is actually a hackathon. So it's usually like for the most part, it's just like getting to it's like a little event where you get together and kind of hack something together. Right. It doesn't have to be like a complete product. It just can be a simple idea and you put it together uh, with different people over the course of a weekend or a most of them are weekends. Uh, I don't. I don't know Most if there's like a week weekends. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically just hacking something together, right? Just it's a it's a quick and dirty thing, just trying to prove a concept, right? For the most part, it's usually gonna be like a company that's like releasing a new product and will give you some sort of like API, some sort of software to try out and see what you can build with it, which is actually what TatHacks is, right? It's like telecommunications. It sounds not wrong, but it's everybody that wants to be Twilio, but it's not Twilio. We'll go, <laughs> ahead, and you, we'll go ahead and give you APIs to kind of hack on, right? And kind of like develop different products. And that's the first one that we did together, actually. That's actually my first one. Um, it was like two and a half years ago that we did that one. Yeah, it was like two and a half years ago. My, my first yes. one actually was a... It was like something specific to Orlando, which we're both from. And it was with like the small business community. And we we're building like startups for, for, oh, it was with, um, Code for Orlando. No, it wasn't Code for Orlando. It was Tad Stars. No, not Tad Stars. Oh, Tech Stars. Uh, Tech Stars. Tech, Tech Stars, which yeah. is a global, a global hackathon ish type environment. But they have different regions within like different spaces around different cities. And the winners of one city compete against the winners of a different city. And I think we got second place. That was actually where I first learned how to actually use React properly. And I struggled for literally three months straight. Like, what is this like component did update, component did mount? And then like, it all made sense when I had two senior React developers, like actually show me how to build something. Like we actually built a, like a app similar to Quizlet. Like yeah, I remember you showed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was actually for like, it's like it shows like two different colors that pops up in an animation. Then you pick one or the other, and then like it gets harder and harder. It's like which color did you just see before? Was it this blue or this dark blue? And like it, we had like different ways of actually calibrating colors with different variables behind the scenes. So it was really cool. So yeah, we're going back to Tatex. So it was the first hackathon we we both participated together, right? And that's kind of like how yeah. 
we actually work together and like, okay, it's like, I actually know nothing about Node.js and okay. So, so the, so I guess we should talk about the premise of our, of our application we built, right. And kind of like how the teams formed, formed and like kind of our initial impressions when we walked into the space. Do you want to talk about that German kind of like the whole leading up to the point and like, you first get there and like just that whole experience, like walking there for the first time. Cause you, cause that was your first hackathon. So it would be more memorable if you explained it. Yeah. So it was actually going to be like, it was in uh, De Valencia, I think one of the campuses. I forgot which campus specifically, but it was like, it was a Saturday and Sunday hackathon. So it was like a two day hackathon. So it was just getting there, like early, you get there decently early in the morning on the first day, obviously in the second day, it's not so early, but in the first day, I decently early in there, you kind of get to meet people, kind of make a team. I mean, we already had a pre-made team, right? We, we kind of knew who was going to be on our team from the get-go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on the team originally with Garrett and then I think Eric. Because I've worked with them before and like a previous uh, hackathon, and then like I um, invited the you. One. Yeah, then I invited you afterward because because I was on I was with them on the NAS hackathon. And then it's like, hey, we should add German in here too because <laughs> yeah, so, else. so yeah, that was a pretty fun one. So we kind of like did there. We kind of watched the intro presentation. So since it was based um, on telecommunications, we obviously had companies that were providing the APIs for us to build stuff on. So it was them presenting like they had a little presentation, obviously showing us their features, like what stuff we could build, kind of giving us some ideas and like offering some guidance, um, as well as there was always like a bunch of snacks. So you can kind of like just coach yourself and as much food as you want it and coffee. So that was kind of like the, the, like the initial flow. Then afterwards, we kind of like went off, did our thing. We started kind of like brainstorming ideas on a whiteboard. We went through like a couple different iterations of things that we wanted to do before settling on making a dating app over the phone. And oh, then- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then we just kind of started building it. I remember you kind of went off and started to like, kind of like just talking to like these sponsors, trying to like figure out things that we could do. And yeah, we just kind of like hacked through, hacked and started building on it. We had, we used Firebase, so it was just kind of like do things. Again, it's just hackathons are just kind of like do, like get this proof of concept out, just build this thing quick. And I remember like, dude, the, the most memorable thing was like, literally it was like two in the morning with Garrett on the phone because he, oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he finally managed to connect all like, all the call like so our absence was uh, like a ma- like a thing to make connections with people over the phone we had to kind of like, figure out to connect uh conferencing rooms or do conferencing uh he, he figured out like at two in the morning kind of like he even called his sister and put her in the chat that was really funny oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah so so just like more context to the listeners yeah sorry well, yeah because we were just like really excited like getting straight to the straight to like more more to like what we actually did when we get to competition but like when you first go to the to the venue space you're, you're, you're kind of presented with with like a, a topic or something to to solve and you have to solve it with technology usually technology that they provide and in this case it's like apis they can hand the back end and like like, like we were saying german earlier it's basically just people that want to be twilio that are not twilio like twilio being like the whole service provider that that adds uh telecommunication services like phone calling people as well as texting people and and, and all sorts of different things right and WebRTC. So we had like four different sponsors and then they're offering like a prize pool of like, I think like 250 to $500 for like the best in like class, like example of building a cool application using their tech. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we got together with Garrett and Eric and, and you and me, we kind of just decided on a couple of different app ideas. And then one of them happened to be that chat roulette dating app, right? Or yes. we're just, we're Collection. just, I think I think it was because Garrett was single at the time, <laughs> and, he, uh, and he was he was just starting to like. Wouldn't it be great if we had something like this? And then that's that's the premise of it. And by the way, like 
yeah, that that that's a nice that'd be a nice date, dating app feature, and like all the popular dating apps right now, because I'm kind of doing that right now. But but yeah. another topic unrelated. But anyway, so, <laughs> so 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 anyways, we got together. We finally figured out what we wanted to do. We kind of like split out like different roles, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like who's working on what project, and we did we did like pick like a framework in mind in terms of like how are we going to integrate everything together, and we just we're really used to using Firebase because Firebase, Google Firebase lets you just deploy things really quickly with cloud functions as well as a real-time data source. So you could just like throw up data wherever you want, just make a new table and delete data and, and do it at will. So it's really good for p- quickly prototyping. And so that's what we chose. Um, and then uh, what, what was it? We, I, I think I was mostly doing like, like the conversations and like setups to the, API services themselves because their documentation wasn't really that great and we had to set up accounts as well. So I did mostly that, which wasn't even development really. <laughs> and then you were doing all of the uh, Node.js backend, right? For the communication of the text protocol. So like so like getting users signed up, we had this like SMS flow where like they texted like, hey, I want to be signed up to, to be on this speed dating phone roulette. And so the premise of this app is like they would text into the service and then they would get signed up essentially. Um, like their username, their... What, what what kind of like what kind of gender they are as well as like what they're into right mm-hmm. and they'll get connected with someone with similar preferences and then they'll get called from our service through like a third party anonymous phone call so neither party knew the other person's phone number right and then they got connected and then that was that was history right yeah like you're saying like you're it's like yeah I got it working. It's like, wait, can we have more than two people on the call? Can we have 20 people on the call? And you just call the sister and everything else, right? Yeah, we had, we had a lot of people in one at one point because we just kept calling people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. So so TadHacks was definitely one of the most memorable hackathons that I've, I've been into. I'm going to tell you my favorite part of the whole, that one hackathon was like you spent, I think one of the sponsors, you spent the whole day hyping him up that we're going to use his <laughs> And at the very end, who was the one sponsor we did not use at all? Oh, that was Telecide. I, I think. Telecide, so, I think. <laughs> I'm looking actually at, at the docs that we had when we sent for the presentation because I, as I wrote, I wrote the, the presentation docs as, I did. I did the least amount of coding for the entire hackathon, honestly, because you you did all the SMS work, and then Garrett did all the voice SMS stuff, and then I just talked to vendors all day and just hyped them up, <laughs> the, and then the and then did the presentation deck slides. Oh, I did. I did some of the front end SDK, or sorry, the the implementation to connect to the real time Firestore to show how many like real time connections we made between different different people, right? Just basically just like counting the number of instances of a table. That's literally all I did. So, but yeah, it was a fun experience though. Jeremy, do you want to go more into like the whole problem solving process and like how we approached the architecture or kind of like how we approached the problem solving aspect of, of the speed dating app? Yeah. So since it's a hackathon, you don't have like a lot of time to actually sit down and think through every single little detail and use case. So it's really just you kind of sit down, you kind of diagram like the happy path, right? Like this is exactly how in a perfect world it will happen. Nothing's going to crash. Nothing's not, nothing's going to, nobody's going to put some stupid input. It's going to work fine. Uh, so you, we kind of, you kind of diagram out the idea, see if that's going to work or not. Obviously you still, it's since you're prototyping, you're probably doing something that no one hasn't done before. So you're probably going to try it out, see if it fails. And then obviously maybe pivot. Usually 
usually you change ideas in the way you're going to do it at least once during a hackathon. I think the original plan for us before that dating app was to make like a spam filter, which we kind of gave up on because we couldn't figure out how to build it. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, like we would use it to, I think it was for businesses, right? And they wanted to, I guess, spam messages from different, or, or spam messages from different users or, or, or kind of like a system for like doing outbound sales calls for a business. But then we realized we didn't really care about that topic that much. And it wasn't something we were particularly interested in solving because it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's, it's got business use cases, but do we care about it? Like, no one's going to care about that. So we just did a speed dating app instead. And we still ended up winning money. So that's what matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that was actually the first time I've actually won money at a hackathon too, which I think we got, I think we actually, we tied for first place with the Muntaster. Muntaster is actually like number one MLH hacker right now in the country. Yeah. So he's, he's gotten pretty big. He's, he's one of our mutual friends. He's also from Orlando. Is he from Orlando too or from Tampa? Oh, he's from Melbourne actually. Wow. He went Central to my house Florida. for me. Yeah, he went to my Whatever. house for me. <laughs> so yeah, that was that hacks. It was, it was funny. I mean, the second day, as I said, like in the first day you come early on the second day, I think we didn't, no one showed up there to like 10 in the morning. Oh yeah, we all, we all we all said we were get there at nine a.m. and then like it's like I'm running an hour late. It's like you are too, me too. Yeah, keep in mind we were up the whole night pretty much. Oh yeah, because yeah, Garrett Garrett especially was the one doing all the work. Honestly, yeah, no, we we, we kind of built out each part and then he kind of got carried away and then just kind of like ran with like literally built the whole thing and like we're like okay. Yeah, so so with some of the APIs that we're working with, they had different like protocols for communicating to them. And since mm -hmm. we're still kind of learning, a lot of the telecommunication APIs were all in XML, which is like, you know, traditionally, if you're working with like other APIs, like the JSON placeholder or Stripe or whatever, usually using like a a RESTful API call or just or just that protocol at least. Or sorry, not not RESTful, like JSON formatted um, response back, right? Mm -hmm. But but here it's like we're using XML and like none of us knew how to use and knew how to use XML responses back and forth to to back an API. So that was kind of a learning process for everybody. I guess we can talk about the other one we did together. I feel like that was one experience. The other experience was actually like a game jam, which was indie indie Comic Con, indie Galactic Space Jam, I believe. Yes, game jam. Space that was jam. a fun one. So like Orlando is actually considered, I think, number three in the country for the virtual reality market since we have a lot of military presence here. So we've got like a really big like game development scene, right? And they host something called Indianomicon, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then that organization yeah. hosts Indie Galactic Space Jam every year, which they have a lot of different students from the like the uh from Full Sail University, which is kind of more of like a specific tech school that teaches you trades and crafts specifically for the film industry or the video game industry. So there's a lot of people there. Then we have people from like UCF um, and then as well as just like people that are already professionals in the industry. So yeah, yeah, we, we, we built a, a whole different thing, right? German, we built a, uh, it was a game that was supposed to have a uh, multiplayer in it, but at the end it had no multiplayer in it, <laughs> but, uh, but it was a game where it was like a battle space. Like it was like spaceships battling. It's called, it was called, it's called Asteroid Battlegrounds. Asteroid Battlegrounds, yes, because for some reason, Battle Royale games were pretty popular. It feels like it was so long ago, bro, but it was funny. Like, it's almost been a year, actually. Crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was last year. You remember, you remember yeah. we were doing the presentations, and then we have to like hype up everybody in the crowd. We're in an auditorium, and then I'm like, have you guys ever played the Atari Classic Asteroids? 
well, imagine today if we added, or if we, if we got released as a, as a modern game today, it'll be called Asteroid Battlegrounds because that's what everyone's doing right now. <laughs> so, I think people actually got hyped. I, I tried to hype it up. I can't remember actually what I said, but I'm pretty sure I hyped up the crowd. <laughs> and we got a sound designer from that, but I don't think we used them. Oh, yeah. We didn't use them. I forgot the other guy's name, though. Okay, so that one was a different Doug, team Doug. of people. Uh, we had Doug. We had yeah, we had a different team of people for that one. So it was me and Vincent. We ended and up running into Anna and um Nils, which are Nils. two of our two of our other friends. Yes. And then there was just some other person we kind of just picked up, Doug. <laughs> we had to hype up the, the beginning, like like all the people introduced like the projects that they're that they're gonna be building. And and when you're introducing like your project idea, you have to hype up the whole audience and the judges as well, because that's how you get people on your team to actually join your team. So there's a whole recruitment process in hackathons if you're the guy putting out the project idea. <laughs> yes. That one, was, well, that one was the first one that it was like a free-for-all join and make your teams afterwards. For the mm-hmm. most part, the smaller hackathons like uh, like that hacks, people already kind of knew each other. Yeah, yeah, it was like pre-made teams. But like yeah. I think we only knew maybe like 10% of the people in the whole group. Like everyone else was were just students that were at the local university, like, you know, specializing in unity development. And we just come here as full stack JavaScript developers. And like, we don't know how to do game development. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and we so just, we ended had- up use- yeah, no, it's just like, remember we ended up using like phaser JS, which we had never used before. And we ended up using it with TypeScript, which we have never used before. Oh my god, yeah. And and yeah. <laughs> they're using two so like it's never a good idea to use two new things at the same time because you don't know how to interface them together. But we picked two things that we were both unfamiliar with. A game library for HTML5, as well as a yeah, as well as as well as a whole different framework and TypeScript that we never used before. But the reason why we had to do that is because we're trying to look for like multiplayer libraries for supporting communication between one client to another. And we've never built a multiplayer video game either. So that was all new to us too. So it turns out there's what helps a lot. Again, hackathons are not about building the best te- technology. Well, it depends on what the hackathon is. It could be the best technology, but like it's a concept, right? So in a hackathon, just feel free to kind of use whatever, whatever's already available to you. So we ended up finding PhaserJS, which we knew about, which we wanted to always use, but we never actually learned how to use. And then We're we kind of like- this for months and though devs are the, the Slack channel for our, our community, like we're dealing the devs is kind of like where we mm-hmm. all kind of like talk together, like hear about different things. Like it's like, we should have a presentation on PhaserJS and nobody would volunteer. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then Lee kept mentioning it to me for like the longest time. It's like, oh man, if you did like a PhaserJS tutorial, I was so watch it. And I'm like, ah. And it literally, that was like a year went by. And I'm like, okay, we're, fine, it's just a PhaserJS. We, we were talking about forever. And like, it's like, finally, oh, we went to the game hack. And I was like, well, I guess this is a really good time for us to use it because this is the only thing that we can potentially use <laughs> in this yes, short time. None of us know how to write C sharp. None of us know how to write Unity stuff. So yeah, that, that that was a mess. And then uh, for the multiplayer, we ended up finding I think it was called Calisius. It's like a backend, a yeah, Node.js yeah. backend for you to like kind of make your own uh, game stuff. It does all your web sockets behind the scenes for real time communications mm-hmm. and chat and like the rooms, like the game rooms where you can actually have people playing. Like it's it's pretty intense. It's pretty thorough, right? You don't have to kind of build that a lot. It helps you. It helps you stop for like stop you from like uh, having to try to figure that out. The difficult part is if is if you have a multiplayer game. The state of the game has to kind of like be like kind of live in the server and it has to propagate to the client. And we could not figure out how to do that. It's funny, like now that I look back onto this, I'm actually working on like a multiplayer VR platform for like a freelance project. And and the reason why I got into it is because I made a video game before Peer 
And it's like, oh, you actually have video game experience. And that's oh, you actually like, that? <laughs> yeah, that, that was actually one of the reasons I got into, into this freelance gig. So, yeah, we're building like a, a Babylon JS like um, VR event platform. So, I mean, it, right now we're kind of still like the cusp of COVID. So people are kind of like more into like, you know, using services like Zoom or or whatever. And 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 that's just this market's kind of growing, but that's kind of a whole different topic. So the Indie Galactic Space Jam, I remember like when we started like splitting into different teams, like kind of figuring out what to do. It was kind of like a whole different dynamic because I mean, first it's a video game, and when you're when you're doing a video game, you had to actually like it's so much different. I mean, it's similar to building like a website or a web app or even like a speed dating app, but it's different that there's it's much more focused on design as well, right? And, and as well as like production producing kind of elements like film direction of sorts. Right. It, it, it goes into a lot of other aspects. It's more artistic. Involved. It's more artistic. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, so we had, um, it was me and then, and then you were working on like the multiplayer stuff, which you were spending like literally like nights and hours on it. It's like, why isn't they, why isn't this working? It's like, and then you got it working. It's like, Oh damn, it only worked on this specific instance <laughs> of the component. Yeah. That, that, that was the biggest failure ever. And then we had uh Nils who was also a full stack developer, but he just wanted really to do the sound design and he just com- did his own music composition. For which were really good. Which were really good. That, yeah, we should play it actually, but I guess I, I don't have it pulled up here, but yeah, I don't even know where the project's at. I, it's I, it's still on my Google account. I don't know. I have to look for it. You probably have like a huge, like, pill, like a bill to pay to, to Google just because we we hosted all of our videos on the, uh, on the Firestore instance. So it's using massive resources every time you load it up. Plus we have memory leak issues too. I think it was like a, it was like the initial intro video was like 40 megabytes or something. And it had to download before it started playing. Yeah, so we had we'll put the we'll put in the show notes in case uh, if you guys are curious to, to check it out. It's actually really cool. We had a very talented um, the last guy that we put on on our team because we actually had to make a job recruitment board for like getting someone to like actually join our team, and then like all the other teams had like job recruitment papers on the hallway, and we're just like, hey, are you a designer? Are you a designer? We need a designer. <laughs> we need someone to make all the assets for for our asteroid battlegrounds. I think it was um, a videographer. Yeah, yeah. No, he was actually just straight out of high school, and but he was like super talented in Photoshop. He had used After Effects before. He did our whole intro, and it was like the coolest intro I've ever seen, actually. Yes. Oh my god, that was actually like the like the art and stuff was good, and then the programming on that on that hackathon was just garbage. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I did I did most of like the art direction as well with him. Cause like, I, like, like I did the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but like when you're doing like a, a, when you're, when you're doing film writing, I, I don't know why I know this. It's, it's probably cause I watched too much quarter digital. Like when you're writing a movie script, you generally would have like, you'll write down like the different scenes that you're going to go into in the intro of like the video. So I told them like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do like a, imagine like you're watching the SpaceX launch, right? Which just happened like, you know, a couple of weeks back. And you're sitting there, you know, two miles out and you're seeing it fly up. But instead of having, you know, like the shuttle fly off, have it be like a bunch of asteroid looking or have it look like the classic asteroids, like triangle flying up instead and like have them fly in sequence and then like kind of like pan out and zoom into a different scene. So like I, I mocked up like 
the entire scene in terms of like how it was supposed to be produced. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that. And I just yes. did on a bunch of like I showed like the frame by frames of like what it would look like. So I did some of the art direction there, and then I did the the video game mechanics, and then Anna did the uh, she did the scene or going from like the start the start of the scene, so like the start of like the intro, all the way to the video game scene, and then over to the um, the end game scene where if you die or eventually when, when you lose, which you, there is no win condition in the game, you just get surrounded by millions of asteroids that blow you up. <laughs> and then, and then I get just, just reset. So she did that. And then Nils did the sound side. Then you did the uh, multiplayer aspects. Gosh, <laughs> that one was funny. It's like, Oh my God, I finally got this thing working. Like I had no code until like 11 PM. Cause I think phaser JS three just came out and all the docs were in phaser two. So I had to kind of constantly experiment for like, quite oh, yeah. Yes, how to that get it be- to work. It was such a pain. The dogs <laughs> were like all over the place. Awful. I, I, I was trying to get like the, the asteroid when it blew up and they collided. I started having like recurs- recursion like occur because like they would collide too closely and it would just like and explode in all directions. I don't remember if you saw that. It was just like yes. an asteroid that they like, hit and it's like and it just like blew up and like expanded recursively infinitely. And like, yeah, that, that was fun. I had to figure that out. It was actually a really cool experience. It was. I that one's the one I didn't get to like see through the very end because I had to leave like two hours before the final presentation. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I stuck around though. The best part about that is actually seeing what everyone else built. Not even seeing what you built, but seeing what everyone else built. So what you missed out there is a ton of cool indie games, like indie game potential or potential indie games that that are being created. Which you can still play on itch.io, right? Yeah, itch.io is, is a place yeah. where you upload your Unity project and then you can download it locally to your computer and then play it. So yeah. it's basically in, an unofficial Steam of sorts. Yeah, and some of them are actually like web-based, so you can just go ahead and play them on the web. It's pretty cool. If you guys want to visit visit itch.io, it's a pretty cool place to find like really fun indie games and see yeah, what yeah. people made. We'll have our link to our project too in case you want to try it out. Besides the memory leak issues, it was really fun to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and there's no multiplayer. That didn't happen. Uh, it was supposed to happen. We were really happen. close to it, though. We were yes. on a timeline, so we had to cut features out. And then I think I think like at the very end, it's like, oh, we're not going to have multiplayer. All right, how are we going to make this game fun in a very short time frame? All right, uh, take the number of asteroids and multiply it by 100. <laughs> yes, no, yeah. yeah it's just like giant, I don't think it's possible to win. It's just a giant wall of death coming at you. Yeah, that's pretty um, much how we handled it. And it actually wasn't that bad, actually, with all said and done. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and try, join another hackathon you've done? Because uh, that's the ones we've done together. I was actually going to join one pretty soon next weekend. There's one for the Suncoast Developer Guild, which is like Tampa boot camp, the, the local Tampa boot camp. And they legitimately plan out things really well. So I'm actually curious to try that one out. You want to give people a guide on how to participate in the first hackathon since hopefully we got them interested in actually participating in one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're first participating in a hackathon, so the most important thing to get out of a hackathon, at least in my mind, since uh, like for me, like the reason why I went to them initially is because I didn't have a lot of developer experience and I wanted to have kind of like projects on my belt and work with different teams of either people that more experienced with me or people maybe less experienced than me and kind of like learn how to learn with other people. Like we knew nothing about phaser JS or <laughs> TypeScript at the hackathon. Mm-hmm. And then before that, the TAD hacks, the telecommunications one, 
which we also like because we won, we also got to go to the conference afterward and actually talk to like sponsors from like Twilio, Microsoft, and all these other places. And we got a lot of well, I got a lot of cool swag. You were at work though, but I got you swag afterward. <laughs> yes, you think I got you swag bag. bag. <laughs> I got you swag bag. If you're first starting a hackathon, my recommendation is definitely go to go to the local one because the local one gives you more insight of like what a traditional hackathon looks like. And it's actually a lot more fun because you're actually meeting people and like communicating right then and there as opposed to a remote one, which is like you're communicating with people you've never met before or maybe you are communicating with people you met before, but it doesn't feel as real to me at least. And you don't learn as much. So definitely, if you have a chance to go to a local hackathon, check it out. There's a couple of different places to check out where you can find them. One is Eventbrite. And you just look up different hackathons that are, or just look up the keyword hackathons. If you're a student at like a university or a college, you can use Major League Hacking, which is MLH.io. And we'll put show notes for everything too. Actually, our good friend Matasser is number one of all the MLH hackers out there. So interesting and he, he doesn't <laughs> it's like every time every time it's like oh this is my friend that's that's never one mlh it's like oh duh, Vincent, don't tell him that i don't even notice that and then there's also a dev post dev post is kind of like a portfolio place where you can dump your hackathon projects after you finish it and kind of do like a write-up of uh kind of things you learned from it as well as add team members that were associated with your project but it's also a good way to find upcoming hackathons as well as potential prize pools that they offer and what else is there? Yeah, and, and, and that's a couple of that's 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 as far as I know. And there's also just like different city Slack channels they can be in part of, and then people will probably post like hackathons that are upcoming in the area as well. Which that at least that's for me in Tampa. Oh, there was also another hackathon I wanted to talk about, German. It wasn't one that you were in, but it was one that me and Mintaster participated in. Okay. It was called, I don't remember what it was called, actually. It was specifically for the medical industry. And we actually did a road trip all the way to, it was, sorry, it was Healthcare Hackathon 2019. And we did a road trip all the way to uh, St. Louis, Missouri, I believe. So it was like 20 hours. But that one had a $50,000 prize pool on the line. And it was a totally different dynamic of everything else I've experienced. Because what you come to realize is if you want to, actually like hard like actually win a competition of that prize pool you kind of have to like know what you're doing beforehand or know what your presentation is going to be like yeah there's that basically an important part is like uh either are you going to bring like a team of people or you're going to go ahead and like just meet people over there i guess if you already if you know a group of people you want to participate with do that but just don't be discouraged if you have like no if you're like brand new and you have like no one that you know just show up even if you don't think you can contribute. Just show up. There's there's going to be a team that can take you in and they'll show you something. There's a way for you to contribute. Like, like even in a hackathon, like the one key to winning is not so much what you build, but your presentation. So like, if you, let's say like you find a team and they don't have someone who has good presentation skills, but you do, heck, join them. Like That's what's going to get them to win. Obviously, they can build the coolest thing, but if they don't know how to show it off, they're not going to win. That's what Eric, Eric did in kind of our NASA Space Apps hackathon. Before he actually went into TEDx, he did all the presentations for everybody. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Because he was really good at like hyping everyone up too. And there's always a need for someone to write the slide decks because it's usually like, like at the last hour, it's like, oh, we have to have a, have a slide presentation and present five minutes of what we built. And you know, either you have something ready to show off or you don't. And there have been times where like I've gone to Hackathon and we had nothing built. <laughs> 
or nothing was working and we had one hour left and we just threw some things on Figma, which is like a, a mock-up uh, sketch tool for, for like, like showing what, what the mobile application looks like. And we just literally faked it <laughs> right on, right on stage. Like, this is what it looks like. If, if you click here, you can look at different job applications. You can apply for jobs here. We built, we built a job application mobile tool, but we literally just made mock-ups. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so, so there's different ways of presenting the demo and it's not necessarily like what you built. It's kind of like for, for the judges, at least it's more about the presentation and kind of the idea, but what you get out of it, out of the whole hackathon is kind of like the whole experience as well as hopefully you learn something along the way, whether it's a new development skill or whether it's how to present better. So just, just keep that in mind. Do you think it's time for dessert yet? Starting to get hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go into dessert. Okay, so I guess I'll introduce dessert time. So dessert time is just like a little section where we actually got to get to talk a little bit more about ourselves and see what's actually going on in our lives. So uh, Vincent, I guess you'll start off. And the keyword here is what, is what is sweet in your life right now? So what is sweet in my life? So I've been like on a dietary plan since December. And I, I, I've kind of was a little bit overweight by a little bit. And I've noticed that I couldn't fit into pants that I would normally traditionally wear. And I'm like, all right, this is probably, probably a good time for me to actually drop some weight. And over the course of five, six months, I think I dropped about 35 pounds. Nice. Which sounds really great and all, but then I realized that I actually lost a chunk of muscle mass too. <laughs> so I'm not as strong as I used to be. Just kind of a bummer. And that's kind of like, I, the reason why I want to like drop weight in the first place is because I want to go into more like learning how to do more gymnastics slash acrobatic type movements. So I've been learning how to do a handstand, which I've been, I've talked about that in previous episodes, but I'm just trying to learn um, just, just, just more things in that field. So I'm actually at the point where I need to start bulking up again. So I've been kind of looking at like macros um, for figuring out how many calories I should intake a day for getting to the right dietary plan, as well as um, kind of just maintaining like a consistent workout schedule. What about you, German? I wish I was losing weight like you, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, it's something I do have to do and work on. But lately, it's been trying to be more productive. There's, I realize I have a lot of ideas and things that I want to do, which are possible. It's just my time management's all over the place. So that's that's one thing I've been trying to work on. It's it's gotten better. Like for example, like earlier this month, I kind of quit most social media for the most part. I started using like the screen block timers on um on my on my app and stuff. So that's kind of help. That's helping me along. And that's one of the main things I'm working on. Oh, and I was trying to like finally actually make YouTube tutorials, which is one thing I've been wanting to do for like the past two years. I keep telling myself I'm going to do it, but I don't because the reality of things is it's actually kind of difficult to make like good content, bro. It's like, yeah, like me record myself just showing you how to make a quick Node.js server, but it's hard when you think about it. How would I explain this to somebody who doesn't know anything about like making a Node.js server? Like what the hell is a server? What the hell is HTTP? So it's like, how do you break that down? It's actually pretty difficult when you think about it. It is. You have to have some assumptions of what your re or your audience is going to be like and what terms they know already and what terms they don't. So there's that too. Especially when you do like a tech talk and then, you're, and then you realize, oh, this tech talk will only take an hour and then it took an hour and a half. And it's like, Oh, that's because I'm, I'm I didn't prepare myself well enough, <laughs> and I actually understand how much stuff goes behind the scenes. Explain the context of what I'm trying to explain. Yes, or or the typical thing is you end up having like a good amount of content, and then you go up there and you start trying to explain. It's live. <laughs> you forget about forty percent of it, so you're like just giving people bits and pieces as your brain remembers them. Or you just, or you just forget entirely, and you're just stage frighted, or you're, you're in stage fright mode, and you're just like reading off the slides verbatim. It's like, 
Yeah, I've done then- that. <laughs> I, I've done that. That was my first talk, bro. Don't, don't remind me about that. That was horrible. I think my first talk was at David K. Piano's CodePen talk. Which one was that one? He used to have CodePen talk or CodePen meetups where we just like would demonstrate different CodePen things that we were working on, like little like each or front end components that we built. And I think I made a, I think I made like an animation thing and then and I just showed off like what that looked like. Or no, I made like a, a, a little fire, or like a, a CSS only campfire. Right? Oh, I remember that one. And and I was showing that was like the first time I did like I I talked at a meetup and that was like right afterward because they had this thing called lightning talks where you could just like speak about whatever project you're working on. And funny story is that project actually went to someone's portfolio website, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, I remember like, you showed me. Yeah. So I, is there anything else you'd like to add, German, before we wrap it up? No, man. That's it. I feel like we actually had like um like we I feel like we have we kind of built up a pretty good guide here for people to actually um actually kind of like go into a hackathon. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna put. Oh, we'd even cover sleep schedules too. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, this this is a simple one. There's no sleep. That's that's all you gotta know. There's no sleep. You have to plan out your sleep schedules. Oh, actually, the one when we went to Missouri, we I told him to toss her that we were gonna wake up at like 4 a.m. and then I woke up at 4 a.m. to like tell him like, hey, we gotta drive back over to the venue and start coding. And then he's like, all right, just give me five minutes. And then like five minutes pass by, and, we, and I'm like, wait. It's already 11. <laughs> you guys just knocked out. <laughs> yeah, just, just got knocked out. Yeah, so you have to just plan accordingly. Sometimes you don't realize that you can't code for 24 hours straight. <laughs> and yeah. taking Red Bulls is not healthy. Just just, uh, just, just know your limits. Yeah, so that's it, right? Yeah. I guess the only thing to draw when it comes to sleep schedule, which is important, is like, still try to get some sleep realize that if you kind of try to code when you're like completely sleep deprived you're gonna be kind of banging your head against the same thing whereas if you were fully rested it'll take you like five minutes to do yeah so for yeah, sure that's a that's a big thing to notice but i guess that kind of covers all the hackathon stuff like the basics right there's obviously it's gonna be each person's individual experience yeah we'll have show notes for everything links to our projects that we we're talking about as well as just links to resources that you can look up to find upcoming hackathons in your area Sweet. All right. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thanks for dining with us on Code Chefs. We hope we satisfied your hunger. For show notes and more insider info on today's topic, visit our website at www.codechefs.dev. Plus, follow us on Twitter at CodeChefsDev. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and join us back here for the next one. Uh. Check, please.